welcome back. It's episode 21 of Stop It That's Weird. Wow, you guys. Um, whatever number I told y'all as the update last week for where we're at, um, I, do, I truly can't take it. I think it's possible that last, was that last week that I was saying, I think it was last week that I said, maybe perchance, perhaps we could possibly make it to 5,000 by the end of the year. As it stands right now, we're at 8,800 followers on TikTok. Whoa. Whoa. I literally, last week, I, I believe, I can't, I have no concept of time, we know this. But I think it was literally just last week where I was like, somewhere down the line, next year, maybe it's a distant possibility that we could get to 10k. It is a very real possibility in the here and now that we could reach it, you know, I don't know, maybe by the end of the year. We'll see. It's just, it's so crazy. One video, one dumb video, one silly video where I just was scrolling on my For You page and saw something that resonated with me and I literally, it was one of those videos where I just like set up my camera, said how I was feeling, didn't think anything of it, posted it, closed my app and then all of a sudden came back and I was like, what's, what the, what the? fuck is going you, you know you ever look at your life look at yourself and say what the fuck is going on you know <laughs> that's been me this entire week I've been a little scatterbrained a little all over the place I talked about it in therapy <laughs> because my autistic anxiety is flaring up at, like you know we'll get into it in that section in the watching anxious about now section but I was not prepared for this Okay? I was not prepared for y'all to be doing all this, okay? It's a little extra, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not. I appreciate it so, so much. But I'm like, uh, uh, it, we'll save that. We'll save that and get into that at that time. When it's time for that, we will get into it. <laughs> um, so that's where the TikTok is at. That's the update with the tech, 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 I said that on stream the other day. <laughs> I just couldn't speak and so I said tack tack and then tig tag or something like that or so I was like wow <laughs> so you can use that now if you want to refer to tiktok as something a little spicier tag 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 <laughs> okay um the podcast is now at 300 followers subscribers on uh, spotify and apple which is so so cool so rad uh, that's awesome that you guys not only are like following the tiktok but you're going out of your way to subscribe on apple and spotify and you're i see people leaving five star reviews and stuff and like man i made a video about it this week and i i said in that video and it, it is true that if i talk about this too much i will begin weeping begin sobbing because well, there's been, like, a little bit of, like, you know, negative feedback here or there, it's been very, like, silly, you know, just usual stuff that you would expect, just people just saying random shit that pops into their head or whatever, but, like, gosh, the overwhelming, literal, like, tsunami wave of just positive feedback and heartfelt messages and stuff has just been incredible. Like, my heart just really, really feels full this week of 
of the love. I really, really feel it from y'all, and I just thank you. Thank you. You don't have to do all this. You don't have to listen. You can choose to spend your time doing other stuff. You don't have to go out of your way to do a five-star review and share it with people and stuff, but you guys are doing that, and that's so cool that you're choosing to, like, spend your time doing that. So, oh, God, thank you. (laughs) All right, enough, 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 Trisha. (laughs) Sensory nightmare of the week. Um, I've been extra sensitive to smells. I don't know why that was so hard for me to read on my notes and then translate it to my yapper, but I've been extra sensitive to smells this week. I do, I go through ebbs and flows. I had D&D last night and I was talking to the girls about this. Um, it's such a snowball thing with my autism where, like, or a domino effect. I think Kate said that, which was, like, such a good analogy or metaphor, where, Like, if I get bad sleep one night, then I feel like this domino, or house of cards is also what she said, which is so true. Like, if one symptom, or, like, one, like, I'm so dependent on my routine. If everything in my routine is, like, working out perfectly, I'm doing all the things that I like to do, I'm going to the gym, I'm eating um, you know, healthy foods, and I'm getting good sleep, and I'm, you know, sticking to a fairly normal routine as far as, like, work and stuff goes, and, like, everything feels balanced. That's great, but the second that one of those things goes out of the window, where, like, you know, I had a bad sensory food day, then maybe, you know, that card starts to topple a little bit and then my sleep will be kind of bad. And then because my sleep is bad, I start getting a little anxious. And then I get more anxious, so then I have a harder time sleeping. And, like, it's just this domino thing. Um, and I feel like I'm more, like, my senses become more sensitive when that happens. And particularly, like, smell stuff. Um... I, I've just been so, like, uh, it's been hard for me the last couple of weeks to go to the grocery store and, like, stock up on things. I've kind of just been, like, getting stuff as I need it, um, but this week I forced myself to go and do, like, an actual grocery haul so I could, like, have stuff for the week, you know, because that just works better. It's easier. I don't have to be, like, going back and forth to the store and to home and all that stuff when I don't want to be doing that because that's more public exposure than I want some days um but particularly I remember being in Trader Joe's picking some stuff out and I don't know what smell was in there they do have like a stand that has a bunch of um tests what are those called (laughs) samples (laughs) test food (laughs) samples okay samples like they have at Costco and maybe it was that but it was like such a strong overwhelming smell and I was like running on zero sleep it felt like and I was feeling really anxious and I hadn't been to therapy yet to like talk about my anxiousness and so I just felt like I was already all kinds of out of whack and then I was just like when, st- when I'm at that state and something like that hits me, that's when I get, like, frustrated 
and I'm just like, oh, I just want the, whatever the stimulus is that's happening, I'm, I just want it to stop. Like, please fucking stop right this minute. Stop right now. Why are you, why are you in my space like that, you know? Why are you being so loud and intrusive and I don't like, I don't care for that. So, I noticed that this week that I was just, oh my god, like, sensitive to, a little more sensitive to sounds and light than usual, but particularly smells, and I don't know why that was. And that kind of rolls into the next sensory nightmare that I have, which was, um, well, I had, actually, I put a couple on here. One was from a while ago, but the current one this week was, uh, so my I was having a thing an obsession with soup and chili for a while particularly chili I know I don't I don't I I don't know why I couldn't tell you but that's for a little bit like two weeks straight maybe even more than that I was craving like spicy chili so much that I was eat I was like getting all kinds of different brands of it and just trying a million different chilies, but that's all that I wanted to eat, and I wanted it, like, so spicy, so spicy, I got that, oh, I already told, yeah, yep, we already talked about the creamy habanero sauce, and so I was just, like, drizzling that on everything, uh, but here's what happens sometimes, a lot of the times, actually, with, with stuff like this, is I get really hyper fixated on the food like that, and then, Again, it's the house of cards kind of thing. Something goes out a little out of whack. And then I hate it. And so that's what happened this week is obsessed with soup and chili. And then this week, couldn't stand it. Like it was making me physically nauseous, like ill (laughs) to be around it. And I had bought, I had like stocked up a little bit on chili and soup and stuff. And now I'm like, well, great, because it literally, like, it just really does not sound good appetizing at all to eat that now. But I tried, and this was a learning experience for me, because I used to just be able to, like, just do it, you know? Like, if I've got it, I'm like, ugh, I might as well just eat it. And the more that I've been unmasking and, like, allowing myself to uh, accommodate for whatever sensory things I'm feeling in the moment, the less tolerance I believe that I now have for things that I don't want to do, particularly like food related. So I like, I tried to get myself to eat the last of the soup that I had and it was, it just really grossed me out. I said, I I put a TikTok video up where I was saying it was like uh, a dubious uniform shade of brown. You know what I mean? A very unappetizing uniform shade of brown that I did not appreciate. And something, it was like this vegetable lentil soup. I think it also has quinoa in it. But I was really into it. I was just like eating it with saltines. And that was just like super satisfying for a while. And then this week it just suddenly like smelled like dog food or like cat food or something sorry for that like visceral you know not image but like sensory experience that some of you maybe just had I apologize for that but I that's what happened to me is I was like oh it can't be that bad let's just try to eat the rest of it and I immediately felt so sick to my stomach and was like nope 
All right, immediately hard stop on the chili and soup train. I just can't do that anymore. <laughs> so we've moved on. You know, my, my, I don't know if I've said this. Yeah, I had to have said that, like, curry is usually my, like, super safe food right now. Not S-O-U-P-E-R safe. Wow, that was dumb. Uh, <laughs> my very safe food pretty consistently is like a yellow curry, like a yellow coconut curry. So that's kind of what I, if I go through something like that where I'm like, oh, I'm in this hyperfixation or phase right now where I really like this and then that falls off, I can almost always go right back to curry at the very least as like a safe food. And I've got other ones. It's usually like related to... Asian food is, like, my comfort food. I can usually find something. But it's, I mean, I can't think of a time that I ate a curry and didn't like it, you know? I'm sure there's one or two times that that's happened where I just was eating it too much and kind of got sick of it. But thank God, hopefully that never happens. I hope I didn't just jinx myself because that's one of my favorite foods in the world. So, that's what I did this week, is I was like, well, soup and chili is off the docket. It's off the menu, boys. So, we're going back to curry. And that's good. We love that. Because you can also, you know, that's another thing. You know, I think I'm realizing that my, like, tier list, my scale for food, the it's better if I can make it spicier. Like, as a default, if it can't, if, if it doesn't lend itself well... To hot sauce and spiciness? I don't know. Can it ever really be S tier? Debatable. I don't think so. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I don't think so. Okay, and then the other sensory nightmare. I don't know why I put this on my list that I wanted to talk about, but this was back from when... Well, no, I think it was something that I experienced this week, but it go, we must go back several weeks in order to understand... What happened was, when I went on that vacation with Laura to the coast, I brought this cute set of, like, matching pajamas that I have, okay? It's, like, a long, it's a very soft, silky almost even, set of, uh, it's not quite tie-dye, it's like a, it's got like a, it doesn't matter, but it's like, like a marbly kind of pattern on it, and I think it's cute, and I love them, okay? They're so comfortable, it's very sensory safe set of pajamas. I took it with us when we went to the coast. I wore them in the bed, <laughs> as you do when you're sleeping. But in this house, because it was like an old historic house, they let the owners left us a note and they said like, please don't open any of the upstairs windows because we've been having a hard time getting them to close again. And so we said, okay, that's fine. It's not, it's not that hot. It's probably going to be fine. It was that hot. It was quite warm in both of our rooms. And, like, they had some, like, fans that we could use, but it just didn't make a difference. Um, so, I fell asleep, I think, the first night in those pajamas, which are long sleeve. I thought it was going to be kind of cold because, you know, the Oregon coast... It's kind of chill. It's kind of windy and chilly, or what? It wasn't though. I was wrong. I was very wrong. I woke up like multiple times in a sweat. So, but I was, you know, I was like so tired. I was like 
out of it when I woke up. And so I wasn't going to get up and, like, change or something. Of course not. I can't be bothered to do that. Um, I think I was just so tired from traveling the whole day. Because sometimes, the, like, if I do wake up in a sweat, it, that's enough of a sensory nightmare for me to be like, I have to do something about this right now. Um, but for some reason, I was just so sleepy that I was like, ah, I'll deal with this in the morning. But I woke up in the morning sweaty. I had sweat so much. Sorry, this is also gross. I had sweat so much in my pajamas that they were stinky. They were smelly. <laughs> smelly. So I tried <laughs> to, just, to just stuff them in my suitcase at the bottom. But they were like so sweaty and stinky that they like made some of my other clothes stinky. <laughs> so I had to like put some of them on hangers to like air out for a little bit. And that was fine. That worked for the rest of the trip. But we didn't, I, they probably did have a washer and dryer, but I just didn't even think of that when I was in the, there in the moment because we were only there for like four days. So I just shoved it at the bottom of my suitcase. And then when we got home, uh, I, I did throw it in the washer. But this is the sensory nightmare, okay? I've washed this set of pajamas at least three times since we got back from that trip at least <laughs> and it still is a little bit stinky it's a little bit rancid it's literally smells like bo a little bit and i'm upset because i they're so comfortable i think maybe i just need to like wash them on their own like uh on like super hot water or something like that and it'll be fine but i'm like damn dude my bo is not that bad like, if I get a little smelly, you know, give your little armpits a rinse, throw on some deodorant, you'll be fine. That's mostly been my experience. I don't know. Maybe other people around me would well, be like, well, Trisha, I don't know about that. But I don't think I'm normally a very smelly person. But whatever was in the air on that trip in that room, okay? The secret is between me and the walls, I guess. <laughs> But something seeped out of my pores. Like the like the gloopy, stinky monster from Ghostbusters or something. And it attached itself to my pajamas. Some of my favorite, one of my favorite pairs of pajamas. And I feel like I can't wear them anymore. I'll just do a deep clean of them and we'll see. But I can't, that's the problem, is that I've been so sensitive to smells this week that I tried to, and it's like faint at this point, the smell, but I like tried to wear them the other day and there's just like just a hint of it still on the clothes, enough that it was bothering me. Like I couldn't think about anything else. I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't do, I couldn't move on from it whatsoever. And then I was just like upset that I was like, I love, I love these pajamas, dude. <laughs> And I don't know why I'm like that. Why am I complaining like that instead of just getting up and changing out of those pajamas into non-stinky pajamas? You know what I mean? Why am I doing all that? But I like, <laughs> I even tried to like spray myself with a little bit of perfume and I was like, you know, it'll cover it up. It's fine. <laughs> That's gross. That's stinky person behavior. I don't need to be doing that. 
but it was so faint that I was like, maybe I'm just being sensitive, you know? Maybe I'm just, I don't know. But I can still smell it. Maybe other people can smell it, but I could still smell just, like, you know what I mean? You know when you're like, you've got like a little bit of pit sweat and you're like, it's like in the summer or something and like, for the most part, you, you're feeling good. You're feeling fresh. You're walking down the street and you don't smell a thing. And then the breeze just hits you just right and wafts like a little bit of your BO into your nose. And then you're, it's, it's ruined. The day's been ruined. You know? And then you're like, well, now, because I'm sweaty, I feel like I got to change my whole outfit. And that's the whole, th- that's the, 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 where the autism comes in. Because I'm like, I, but I like the sensation that it's having on my body. I like that. But it's also giving me a negative sensation. So now I got to put all this mental effort. Ugh, I got to put all this mental effort into me finding another set of pajamas that equally will give me the, the comforting sensory experience that this one is. But it won't have even a hint of stink on it. Oh my god! So, anyway. So, I'll do that. It's it, This is another one of those things. It's like... I don't... I really don't know. I think I've tried... It's like circling around skill regression or something like that. But sometimes it's the easiest solution is not obvious at all to me. Until I start, like, verbalizing it and talking about it out loud, I'm like, well, yeah, duh, of course, just, like wash it several times on hot by itself if you need to and if it still doesn't come out then I guess we're gonna have to light those pjs on fire and just get rid of them you know what I mean cut your losses uh but but until I say it out loud uh that the solution does not seem obvious at all to me and I all you know that's also tied to my autism I know that for sure so anyway, <laughs> that's what's been going on. I'm stinky, smelly, gross, you guys. Icky. I'm not. I, I promise I'm actually not. I smell I smell good most of the time. Um, hyperfixation of the week. <laughs> For some reason, I've been on a gorilla's kick. You know, gorillas with a Z at the end, with a Z at the end. I, for some reasons, uh, this week, I don't know if y'all, anybody who is into gorillas knows the song Dare by them, by them, by gorillas, but for some reason that just like popped in my head this week. I just thought of, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good song. And then I've just been listening to it on repeat. And then that led me down kind of a rabbit hole of like a bunch of their other songs, like Feel Good Ink and stuff like that. So I've just been on like a gorillas kick this week because I you I feel like for some reason I like forget about them every once in a while and then I remember how many fucking bangers they have you know like it doesn't matter how old the songs are they just hit every single time they're so good so I've been doing that a lot I've been listening to that a ton this week um and then Alan Wake also um I'm getting pretty close to the end of it. I could beat it this week or next week. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But basically, so there's the two main characters that you're playing as, which is 
the new character in this game named Saga and then Alan. Um, and apparently it's this, it's this new mechanic where you, once you get to a certain point in the game, you can switch back and forth between their stories as, at, at will. Um, cause their stories are like intertwined, but you have to like understand different things that are happening, happening from Alan's perspective as the writer of the story and then Saga because, you know, she's like, I don't want to say victim, but, like, she's kind of, you know, the one who all this stuff is really, like, unfolding onto uh, most prominently in the game. But I didn't do that. I didn't do the, like, flip-flopping, which I don't know if they really intended. I Like, it didn't, I guess it didn't make it clear to me if I should be going back and forth at certain points of the game. Like, they don't give you, like, a hey, you know, check in on Alan now, check in on Saga or whatever. They just kind of were like, hey, you can go back and forth. I think it's also possible that I could have just skipped all of Alan's story because when it told me that, like, hey, you can go go play as Alan whenever you feel like it, basically, um, I was like, well, I'm already playing as Saga and so I want to see that through. So I'm just going to do that all the way to the end. So I did that. I basically, I played everything up until like the final moments of the game. It like actually gave me a little warning thing. It was like, hey, if you proceed past this point, like you're not going to be able to go back and play anything else. Like you are entering the end stages of the game. And I was like, oh, so I'd have to go back and play as Alan now or like I was, I guess I was a little surprised that that was possible for me to like potentially skip over all of Alan's story because it was really cool. It was really fun to play all of that. There were a couple parts that were kind of unnecessarily uh, difficult for me to figure out, like where I was supposed to go at a certain, at a couple points. Like if you've, if you've played and you, you've played as Alan in the game, you know kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, some parts in the dark place are, it feels a little needlessly uh, difficult to navigate, you know? There are a couple parts. Like, it looks very cool, I think, stylistically. Like, it's stylized in a very interesting, cool way that, um, contrasts, it's contrasting to where Saga's at in, like, the real world. Um, and I like that a lot, but it doesn't, it's not, um, as easy to navigate. I feel like Saga's stuff, as you're going through that, they use light in particular, which they do that as a technique in a lot of other video games where, like, if it's kind of dark wherever your character is, you can see, like, a light in the distance and you're like, oh, that's clearly where I need to go. They'd use that technique a lot with Saga, but not always with Alan, um, because there's so much shit going on visually in his story that it's not always obvious for me to, like, intuitively figure out the path that I should be taking with him. So that was, like, a small complaint, but I think I'm getting pretty close to it wrapping up his story stuff, too, which means I think I'll be switching back to Saga and finishing the game, essentially. I, I, I think so. But it's really, really good. I would rate it like 
Uh, I'm going to give it like an 8.9 out of 10. Uh, and I think it's only, I'm only taking it down to an 8. High 8, but I'm only taking it down, like I'm not saying 9 out of 10 because of the, of the jump scare thing that I talked about last week. The not super intuitive navigation. And the story is so crazy, dude. So bananas that if you haven't played... Me and Kate Kate and I were talking about this last night. If you haven't, like, played... Like, the game plays as if it's assuming that you have played the first one. And then played all the DLC from the first one. And then played Control which is another game that's in the same universe, and then immediately play Alan Wake 2. You know what I mean? Like, all that stuff came out years ago, and I haven't... Like, that feels frustrating to me, that it would, like, basically force you to go back and do all of that in order to just, like, follow this story. It is very confusing and convoluted. Again, it's, like, very interesting and experimental, and I'm super on board with that, and I really like all the horror stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, like, if I am over... I'm over 20 hours into this game, like, 22 or 23. No, I'm at, like, 24 hours. I've played it for a whole day, dude. And if someone... People have asked me, well, so what's the game about? And I'm, like, couldn't fucking tell you. Couldn't tell you, dude. The most that I know is, like, what's going on with the characters and how they're feeling and stuff like that. But, like, what strung us from point A to point B. Point B. <laughs> point B. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I couldn't. Uh, the plot points are going crazy. The timeline. Insanity. Not clear. There's so many characters. There's, again, like... It's all very interesting, all the different locations and stuff that you go to. But, like, yeah, that's what's so hard to explain about it is, like, mechanically, I think it's good. The atmosphere is great. I think all the mood music and stuff is cool. Visually wonderful. I think all the actors did a really good job in it. But, like, if I, if you told me, if you, like, held a... You know, like if you held me at gunpoint <laughs> and we're like, Trisha, write out the plot points of this game. I don't know if I could do it. It's so confusing. <laughs> I was also telling the girls last night, spoiler, uh, there's a point that I'm at uh, in Alan's story where they ju- there's just a musical. You ju- did you just break? Yep, you just break out into a full musical in the middle of the game. You know what I mean? It's that level of batshit that I love. I love that kind of stuff. But it's like, what? Well, uh, what the fuck is? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe that's the theme of this week. Like, what the hell is going on? Do y'all watch? Have y'all watched Evan Breen back in the Vine days? That's what I keep thinking of. Is his face where he's like, do you ever wake up and you're just like. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> that's how I feel this week. It's so crazy. Um, so that's hyperfixation of the week. <clears throat> Let me take a sip of sip of water here. Stim of the week. I don't really have a new one. Um, I was talking about a lot about the gym last week. 
I'm so sorry if you can hear my stomach grumbling. I don't know what's going on with that. Hush up. Hush up now, stomach. It's podcast time. Um, <laughs> I guess it's, yeah, it's about, it's about that time for me to cook some dinner. My grandpa always used to say that. If you asked him if he was hungry, he would look at the clock and he'd be like, well, I guess it is time for me to eat. It's like, that's not what I asked, dude. I asked if you're physically hungry. Do you feel like you should eat some food? (laughs) It's about that time. Uh, What was I saying? Same of the week. Not a new one. Um, I went to the gym a little less this week. That's okay. I felt like that's what needed to happen. I did a little bit of weightlifting. Um, was still active, so I feel good about that. I feel good in my body this week. Dancing around, normal stims per usual. I don't think there's much to report on that front. Um, silly things that made me angry for no apparent reason. I've been in an, this is what it says. I've been in an unusually good mood this week. The feedback on the page has been truly overwhelmingly positive. Huh? <laughs> Why is that under the angry section? <laughs> Maybe that was me saying, oh, oh, yes, I understand. I wrote this not that long ago, and I've already forgotten what mental state I was in when I wrote it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this was my way of saying, I don't really think I was angry about much this week. Um... Like, actually angry. The only thing, you know, is, that, like, I was talking about earlier, like, the feeling of frustration or agitation at, like, smells and stuff like that. But, like, I, I really don't don't think anything particularly made me angry this week. It's been, like, it, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a pretty good mood, like, most of the time. But this week has been overwhelmingly positive with just, like, awesome feedback on what we've been doing uh with the podcast and with the tiktok and lots of new people joining us and stuff and i just like am so fucking stoked about that so how could i how could i be upset how could i possibly uh be in a bad mood or be angry you know um did i cover everything that i was gonna say with that overwhelmingly positive it's truly warming my soul in a way that I've never felt before. I'm so appreciative and grateful and it just feels so precious to have this thing and to be experiencing this growth that's going on right now at this very moment. It feels really grounding and a good exercise in me just like really appreciating what's happening right this second Uh, which I've talked about before on the podcast. I do have a tendency to kind of like always be looking at the future and be like, here are my goals. Like, I'm so happy and, like, proud of us for, like, growing all of this, uh, you know, exponentially over the last few months that we've been doing it or whatever. But I do tend to, like, put a lot of pressure on myself and be like, that's so cool, but here's where I want to be. And uh, because of the, the growth that's happened very recently... I think that's, I think that's been a really good thing for me as far as being like, you know, we don't need to be doing that all the time. It's good to have goals, but we don't always need to be so focused on what's going to come in the next few months that I'm missing out on the here and now. And so, uh, yeah, I guess thank, thank you for like helping me do that, for helping me 
be present with what uh, all the cool stuff that's going on right now. You know, it's a good t- it's a good time to be alive, y'all. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's how I feel this week. What she anxious about now? Talking in therapy about feeling like I need to be prepared for every outcome when when we hit a big boost, it suddenly feels so cool yet so scary. Yeah, I I'm feeling pretty good about it now at this point in the week but we hit that that video um was boosted a little earlier this week and I just because you can't be really prepared for unexpected growth right that's 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 the name of the game um so when that happened I I was excited but at the same time it's the, it's, it is the autism. It is an autistic reflex that I have in me that, like, although I think I've gotten a lot better at, like, not trying to predict outcomes and not trying to, like, be ahead of what other people's expectations of me are going to be, and I've also talked about that a bunch on the show, um, I, I don't know if I'll ever fully 100% get rid of that thing, that, whatever that drive is. So even though I feel more comfortable in my skin and more confident in this creative expression that I'm doing here more than ever, um, when something, when an unexpected variable comes in, such as a little bit more, you know, growth than I was expecting this week, a lot more growth than I was expecting this week, that feels like something that I didn't plan for, that I didn't prepare for, and that feels scary, and it brings back those f- risky feelings, like every, like, I was, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I definitely did a video where I was talking about how, uh, when you, gr- when you grow up, especially in the environment that I did, um, everything kind of feels risky that you want to do, like creative stuff, self-expression, all of that feels really risky and kind of dangerous. And so, yeah, like I'll be, I'll be doing really well and I'm feeling very confident and like I'm settling into myself in, in this whole thing more and more day after day. And then one tiny variable changes and I'm like, oh, everything's different. It's scary and it's risky and it's, oh, I'm going to mess it up. That's where my brain goes immediately. Like, I'm going to fail. Um, and so I was talking about that in therapy. Talking to Deborah about that. And she was just like, literally nothing has changed, you know? You're doing, you're doing you. You're showing up as yourself. You're expressing yourself in an authentic way. And that's all you've been trying to, nothing has changed, you know what I mean? Chill out. <laughs> she did not tell me to chill out, but I, I kind of am comforted like that sounds mean me telling myself to chill out but uh I kind of uh what am I trying to say I feel like that phrase being able to like turn my face inward and be like you're uh and maybe it's a reparenting kind of thing you know what I mean I feel like I'm hugging my inner younger Trisha and just saying like it's okay for us to be calm and chill out everything's okay the, the risk that you feel is real, um, but it's not dangerous. What's going on is not dangerous. It's not risky. It's good. It's all good stuff. And so that feels actually quite comforting. So 
so that's so that's rad <laughs> thanks deb thanks debra for bringing she always brings me back down to earth where i'm like and you are right deb you're always right and nothing has changed everything's the same i've got this i know what i'm doing i know who i am i know what i'm trying to creatively express i know the space that we're building here <clears throat> nothing's changed we're good you know so that was nice that felt like uh a bit of a breakthrough you know a small little breakthrough that i had this week in therapy so that was good i feel less anxious about it i was feeling quite anxious <laughs> towards the beginning of the week when that first started happening uh but i feel i'm feeling way better now um socially problematic the self-diagnosis issue is so frustrating and annoying. I'm over it. Use your platform for good, for kindness, for inclusivity, for, for exploration. Um, so this is probably going to be something that continues to come up in this community repeatedly over and over. However, I just, I, I'm going to, I mean, I've put some, several things and I'll continue to say that I support people uh, being able to use any and all labels, education, resources, tools, whatever you want to try on to just see if it improves your quality of life. I think that that's great and you should, you deserve that. You should have access to that, period. I think that because everyone's level of access differs so much, um, I think it, it personally, I think it's ridiculous that people would have to absolutely have a concrete diagnosis of autism or any other type of neurodivergence in order to start accommodating and improving their quality of life immediately, right now, right this minute. You know yourself better than anybody else on this planet, and if you think doing XYZ accommodation is going to give you a more comfortable life, do it. Do it. Even if that means you do eventually decide to go get a formal diagnosis and maybe that professional because, you know, we know that there's a lot of professionals out there who are like very smart and very well trained, but they're maybe not necessarily trained specifically in autism or other types of neurodivergence. There's a lot we're learning still about neurodivergence. So it's, you know, not something that people are always diagnosing, pinpointing, locating, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. They're not seeing it, picking up on it, maybe in the most accurate fashion. Um, just because that's not happening doesn't mean that you should be deprived of what you know to be true about yourself, you know? You know your brain and body better than anybody else, so... There's just, there's just, it's just been one of those times on TikTok in particular where, unfortunately, there are some actually kind of larger creators that are spreading gatekeepy methodologies, ideologies, thought processes, and that sort of thing. Instead of this wonderfully inclusive system and community and all that kind of stuff, that I have, I have, <laughs> that I have had the pleasure of being welcomed into with open arms. Unfortunately, there are some creators on TikTok in particular 
who are invalidating anybody that doesn't have a formal diagnosis. Now, if we haven't already talked about this on the show, (sighs) I live in a rural area. Lots of people do, which means you have limited access uh, to possibly, I mean, rural areas in particular often earn less on average. The, 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 The average household earns less income than you might in like a larger, more densely populated city, you know, and there's also, you know, cost of living goes up more when you live in a city and and stuff like that too, but um, you might not have the funding to spend thousands of dollars to get a formal diagnosis. You might not have access to, in your general area or region, you might not have access to highly trained specialists that you might need in order, that you definitely need in order to get an autism diagnosis in particular and stuff like that. So, um, the idea that, that you that our experience is not valid unless you have, like, a piece of paper is ridiculous to me, you know? Just because someone has had the privilege and the access to, uh, the necessary things, steps, people, money, all that stuff in order to get that, that doesn't make that person's, uh, experience any more valid than anyone else's, you know what I mean? And it just is very frustrating to see people, especially people with large audiences on TikTok, promoting that kind of gatekeepy, exclusive, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? elitist kind of mentality. I don't care for that and I don't like that. And personally, in this community, we don't have any space for that. We're not going to give any weight to those types of judgments, those types of, uh, yeah, we're just not doing that over here, you know? So that, that, there was a particular thing and I'm not like, I'm not going to give this creator that I'm specifically talking about any additional uh attention on this issue on this front whatsoever because they've made several tiktoks that have gotten quite a lot of back and forth and attention and probably got them more followers and stuff like that and i'm just not going to contribute to that um but i know several incredibly smart and capable autistic creators who have responded publicly to this person and have really made some very, very clear points about why giving people access to this, like, saves people's lives, you know? And it just doesn't cost us anything, you know? It costs nothing to be kind to each other and, like, a label, for example. If someone identifies with the word autistic, I just don't understand. It doesn't cost us anything to allow people to explore that. You know what I'm saying? It costs us nothing. And maybe that doing so, like the exchange of that, is a life saved. Because maybe even if someone tries on the autism uh, label for a little bit and then maybe they decide that's not totally right for them, they still were taking the first steps that they needed to like live the life that they want to live, you know? And I just, I just don't understand why people are like fighting that so hard you know so 
that's frustrating. And if you see that kind of stuff going on on TikTok, I just hope that you won't be discouraged by that. Because again, like, it those people don't hold weight over you, over us, you know? Their opinion is not more valuable. Their life experience is not more valuable or is not does not hold more weight than our own you know we are in control of our own destiny we know ourselves way more deeply and intimately than anybody else does on this planet so you know I see that kind of thing on TikTok all the time where someone will see it's happened to me too where someone will like see a video of mine and they'll be like oh you can't be autistic because you also have CPTSD symptoms or, you know, I've talked about it in other videos before, like the extroverted thing. You seem so social and extroverted, so you can't be autistic. Well, there's so much more that you don't see. You're looking at one video that's like maybe 60 seconds and you're diagnosing me and you're just a person on the internet that doesn't know me. You're not trained, you know, either. And even if you are a trained therapist or counselor or even psychologist of some kind, like, that's not, you shouldn't be doing that, giving someone a diagnosis after looking at, like, a very short video of theirs, you know what I mean? Um, so I just hope that when you're interacting with content on TikTok and stuff like that, if you see that kind of thing, it just does not hold more weight than your true, that your, your experience that you know to be true, you know what I mean? And it's unfortunate that people like that even have a platform, but I'll continue to, um, you know, speak on it, speak my mind on that. Because as somebody who grew up without access to a lot of, a lot of tools and, I, you know, I said in another video, even growing up without, you know, access to emotionally intelligent conversations and relationships and stuff like that. And just the way that people live in 2023, like, a lot of things are so isolated, you know what I mean? So, I've just, I've just feel very strongly that I always want to come at these things from, uh, from the most objective perspective, where we're taking, we're taking the vantage point of maybe the person with the least amount of access and the least amount of experience or exposure to things uh, that can, can give you that better quality of life or, like, give you the tools and resources and education and stuff that you need. But if we just imagine that we're that autistic person who lives in an extremely rural area and doesn't know anything about, maybe doesn't even know what autism is, you know what I mean? Just, just allowing, saying it's okay for you to test some stuff out, to explore, to be wrong, to try some things on. You know what I mean? Like that truly, and I'm, and it's, I just don't think it's me being dramatic at all to say like that is, that in itself is life-saving care. So like what, what are we doing if we're telling people you can't do that or you're taking something away from other people by doing that. I just don't agree with that. I just don't I really, really strongly believe that that's just not true. So anyway, love you guys. And just, I hope you keep that in mind when you're, if you ever see that kind of negative behavior on TikTok or elsewhere on the internet, like 
you deserve to live the life that you want. You deserve the time that it takes to learn yourself, to learn about yourself and know yourself deep, deeply. You deserve the patience and, and time, you know? Whatever that looks like. Whatever the outcome ends up being, you shouldn't be rushed or pressured into any kind of specific conclusion, you know? Love you. I hope it just, just, I feel strongly about that. I feel strongly about that. Okay, we're on to Revelation of the Week, and then we're going to wrap it up. Revelation of the Week, I'm on to a new developmental stage in my life where I've detached myself from the need for family or loved one validation. Maybe not totally, but mostly negative feedback, even from family members, isn't going to stop me. It's not going to stop us. And I don't want any part of that to come across as negative as if I've been getting a bunch of negative feedback from people who love me, because that's not true. But um, I just, I, th- I feel, I was, I was having a conversation with a loved one this week, and they pointed out that it feels like maybe I have moved on to kind of a different stage of knowing myself and security and uh, self-love and acceptance and expression and all that kind of stuff, which is very kind. Um, And part of that, I think, just comes with being almost 35 um, because there's stuff that we're learning, you know, new stuff about our brains all the time that, like, you do hit certain developmental stages, just like at certain points, certain ages of your life. So I think part of it is that, but also part of it is this work that I've been doing on trying to um, habitize, as I said on TikTok, habitualize um, positive self-talk and trying to work on my inner monologue and um, understanding that like truly deeply internalizing the fact that people don't know better than I know what's best for me you know people nobody does nobody does you know but that was like such a a very difficult and hard earned lesson in my life that if someone, especially a parent or like someone who I really, really looked up to as a mentor or something like that, if they had any kind of critical feedback or anything towards me, then I just felt immediately immediate rejection and failure and worthlessness. Like I really was like, oh, like it felt like a, I don't know, like a, a, a wood block or like I had an image in my head of someone like chipping away at a stone or something. Or it just felt like those kinds of comments were chipping away at my limited bank, my limited reserves of self-worth for such a long time. And now I finally feel like I'm maybe a, a, a I'm, I've purchased a brand new slate, shale slate. This is a dumb metaphor, but you know what I'm saying. Like I've, I've wiped it clean. I've brought, I bought a new marble block and that's me. And it's perfect and it's pristine and it's untouched. And I'm the only one who can shape it into David. You know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> the, whatever beautiful sculpture you can think of. So I just, uh, yeah, that's, 
something that hit me kind of like a ton of bricks along with all this other stuff that I was talking about this week. Like, I think it was one of those lessons that happened right at the right time. Um, that I, I guess I'm realizing that this is the right time for me to be doing all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I was telling my therapist and this family member about the idea that, like, cognitively, on an emotional level and all that kind of stuff, if I tried to create some something like a podcast or express myself in, like, a silly comedic way, especially publicly, like, 10 years ago, I just don't think I could have done it. Like, the second that I got nasty feedback or something, or even just unfavorable feedback or perception, I would have gone and locked myself in my room. Like, truly would have, like, disappeared into the void for a very long time. And so, what am I gleaning from that? I think I'm proud of myself for the work that I've done. And I'm so eternally grateful, deeply to a cellular level, grateful for all the people in my life who have been um, really, like, solidifying themselves like doing hard work on their end to solidify themselves as a pillar as a true beam of support that isn't going anywhere like I just couldn't have gotten to this point without those people uh yeah with those without those people they're my trust fall you know I'm like searching for some like more beautiful and impactful metaphor or something like that but it is also it's it's not just the work that I'm doing on myself but it's also the continued um, dedication and participation and investment in me by those people who love me that um it has healed me. <laughs> it's healed me. That's really beautiful. But it's so true. It's so, so true. Um, so I just, I just hit, yeah, I just hit something this week where I was like, yeah, all this stuff is actually happening right when it was meant to happen. I did meet all of these people and begin to get them, get to know them on a, on a bunch more deeper loving level right when I was supposed to, you know? That feels really nice. That feels really good. What a, what a crazy thing as humans that we must survive this insane world, this diabolical world for 30 some years until maybe something, some developmental stage just happens in your 30s and you just know yourself that's that is di that's evil <laughs> what's going on with that evolution I don't know what manager I need to talk about about moving that milestone up like several decades so that we you know what I mean like people don't shouldn't have to be I saw some comments that actually did kind of make me kind of sad where people are like it just is so exhausting and it and it and it hurts that and it feels too, like, too much work for me to have to do all this stuff to put all this time and effort 
and con con yeah like conscious effort every single day into trying to form these positive habits why is it my job to do that why that's so exhausting why that's so hard I wish that there's got to be an easier way and stuff like that and that stuff just really like hit me hard too that I was like you're so right you're so right it should be easier I wish that it was you know but mother nature is a bitch (laughs) so we're just doing what we can but anyway I'm filled with gratitude this week for all the wonderful people in my life including you who's listening to this right now I appreciate you so so much uh I hope you have a lovely time. I, I, I feel for people around this time of year because, you know, I haven't always had the best relationship with family and stuff like that. So just please take care of yourself, you know. Give yourself whatever you need um, during the holidays because I know that's not easy for everyone. Um, in fact, it can be quite draining and difficult and all of that. So... Do what you need to do to find peace and some joy and relaxation and rejuvenation. Um, and, and hopefully you can find some time to really love yourself. That's what I hope for all of you listening, okay? You're right where you need to be right now. I feel that truly deeply this week. Okay. Love you, weirdos. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, I'm done. I'm done saying that over and over and over. Bye. (laughs) Talk to you next week. Bye.